We're back. Double cover, double cover, double cover. Mama, we made it. The network picked us up. Well, we're like established. We, we need the signs that says like clap, cheer, laugh. J-Mac here, D-Mac to the right. Welcome to Double Coverage. Mama, we made it. Welcome back to another episode of Double, double Coverage with the McCordy Twins. I'm your host, Jason, sidekick on my left, Dev. Uh, we're here to give you guys another show. And as you guys know, you can always check our show weekly on Nesson, but if you miss it there, you can go on YouTube, iTunes, check out those versions, and always look for us on social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at McCordy Twins. And if you're looking for a cool t-shirt, uh, go to McCordyTwins.com and also keep up with all our events and different things that we're into. You're excited today, huh? Yeah, I mean, I could do that. I think we've let you we've let you do that, and it like gives you more substance to the show, but... I kind of just want to show the people if they watch both of us at the same time. I was saying everything you were saying. Yeah, before we get into the game recap, uh, right here in the state of Massachusetts, Governor Baker has come up with kind of new restrictions due to kind of the uptick uh, in the COVID cases. Uh, curfew, making sure everybody's in the house from like 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Restaurants will be closed for indoors by 9.30. I think... I referenced this because this is kind of what's going on in our country. And you see it kind of happening in our game as well. John Elway just tested positive. The CEO in Denver tested positive. They have two coaches that missed a game this past Sunday uh, because of COVID. The Cardinals have cases. The Packers may be without uh, running three running backs because of COVID. COVID. Uh, Marlon Humphrey tested positive. So um, it's crazy in our league. We've been dealing with it this entire season, and it's to no surprise right now that it seems like it's ramping up, but that's kind of what kind of a microcosm of what's happening across our country right now. It's what we've expected. We talked about, you know, when COVID first came out, it was COVID was going to be done in the summer when the heat came in, the heat came in, the heat came and left, COVID's still here. So you knew once cold and flu season came, um, it would definitely be an increase in cases. So um, we just want to encourage everybody, be safe. Uh, Please follow the restrictions that Governor Baker has put out there. Um, Protect yourself, your loved ones, and everyone else in the community um, by doing what's right, wearing masks. Uh, It seems like if you're indoor or outdoor right now, just really heighten your your caution and do everything necessary for everyone to stay safe. Yeah, you mentioned uh, cold and flu season. That kind of weather is what we were enduring Sunday as we took a trip uh, up to Buffalo. Uh, we ran out. We had uh, hail coming down, hitting our helmets. It was funny, though. Like though, I mean, this whole week of practice for us, it was rain every mm-hmm. day, snow on Friday. Um, and then Buffalo, rain when we got there. Wake up, it's rain. Out in pregame, it's raining constantly. We come out right before introduction, and you just hear it. Hail is coming down. Buffalo doesn't come out for any of the introduction, none of the uh, national, national anthem. anthem. So we just sit there as the hail pounds us, and as soon as they come out, the hail stops. Yeah, and I guess it was that type of day for them. Uh, a tough fought game, a division game, uh, a chance for us to kind of really turn things around. We went out. I felt like as a team, we played better than we did the week before. But in the league, it's all about production. It's about wins and losses. Wins and, and losses. When you don't play well enough to win, there are no moral victories. There's nothing to hang your hat on. We did some things good in the game. Uh, but most of the things we didn't do well enough to be able to walk away uh, from that stadium with a win. Yeah, and, and I think obviously the, the popular question after the game is you go from 2-4 and four to 2-5, and five, big game, division game. It was, you know, everything was in it. So what now? And I, I just say, we just keep fighting. You know, there's no clear answer to this. Um, there's no blueprint to get out of being 2-4 and four, now 2-5. and five. Uh, We just got to keep fighting. You know, we got um, 
a good core of older guys, uh, some young guys that are developing. We all just got to stick together. And I think obviously the other question I got was a trade deadline with everything um, right after the game, you get all that. And like I always say, you know, we're here now. This is our team. This is what we'll be. Trade deadline pass, you know, but after the game, it's a popular thing. But um, you always got to just do what you're asked to do. We all get paid to play football. So no matter when moves are made or moves are not made that you like or dislike, it doesn't matter. You still have to go out there and play football. So I'm excited about just going and, and you know, playing the back half of this year and just fighting with the guys. Without a doubt. And I've, got, I, I've been asked a question from the media. Uh, I'm one of the select few in our locker room that have been on bad teams. Lucky for you guys, throughout your career, you've been on winning teams, double-digit wins. And for me, my double-digit wins didn't start till I got here. So being, I'm sure, throughout my prior nine years before I got to New England, at some point I was probably two and five during the course of a season. And uh, like you just said, it's about fighting and it's about being resilient. Obviously, things aren't going the way we want them. So if things aren't going the way you want them, you have to do things to change that. So I think our team, uh, we have the character to do so. Uh, and I think guys are going to continue to fight and compete and work to get better. So that's going to be the goal that we have moving forward. Yeah, and uh, a, I guess funny but not so funny moment to bring up. Um, as you know, trade deadline just passed, but I, you know, the whole week leading into the trade deadline and then once the trade deadline's over and what happens next, always a big deal. And I think during this time of year, you're always reminded of Vontae Davis on hard knocks and you can laugh about this now because Vontae was in Miami and he goes to Indy and he straight balls and Indy mm-hmm. pro bowls and all pros and all of that. A lot of money. Vontae Davis gets told by the GM, we're going to trade you. Vontae Davis, does he a break down and cry? Does he B, say, I'm out of here and cuss the GM out? Or does he C, say, let me call my grandma? It was silent. And that, that I like that moment because that's kind of like the real moment. I think this was his maybe second, second year in the league, a young player still at that time. You don't understand the whole business of how this whole thing works. So you're like, hey, I got drafted high by Miami. I'm in Miami. First round draft pick. I'm starting. I'm playing. You know what I mean? And then next thing you know, the GM calls you in or head coach calls you in. And they're just like, yeah, uh, you're on your way to Indy. And you're just like, huh? Mm-hmm. Like so, it, it's like you said. It's funny to look back now, but you can kind of try to put yourself in his shoes and know that had to be a crazy moment. Yeah, you 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 live in one area. He's from the Maryland area. You go to Illinois for college. Now you're in Miami. You're just adjusting all these new places, and then you get traded. So, um, you know, I think some of those times you see these things, it, it sucks for that person in the moment. But I also think it gives fans and different people a real life perspective of what a young person goes through just like anybody else that leaves college and they're going through the process of finding what will be their career. So I want to hit a few of these topics before we go to break. Uh, NFL 16 game, 16 team playoff system um, scenario brought up. Yeah. If, if, especially if we're not able to hit every game, if maybe one game's missed, they're talking about going to this scenario. Uh, I'm not opposed to it. You add extra playoff games, you add more revenue for the league to try to make up for lost revenue. It's more games played. Control it's 2020. Control. Call Anything it 16 games, 16 teams, 20 teams. Call it five teams. No, whatever you say that's going to happen in 2020, we just take it. I yeah. mean, it is what it is. The Niners are dealing with that right now as they had to put Jimmy uh, Garoppolo and George Kittle on IR. I think both of those guys spent some time on IR already this season. So it's been tough with injuries and everything going on. COVID uh, has been tough. And the Giants game that just passed Monday night, pass interference on the last play, yes or no? What do you got? No, never pass interference on the defense. Never heard of it. 
Shout out Antoine Winfield. That, I would love to that see us. a baller. He's a baller. I would love to see us as a league, maybe not have every pass interference review, but like the NBA does, the last however many seconds be able to review. Jumping into our next segment, keeping up with the group chat. What is going on in the group chat? What are the guys talking about? Man, Trevor Lawrence uh, about to miss his second game. We spoke to Boston College last week. Then Trevor Lawrence wasn't Hold playing. Hold on, you got to tell him. BC fought hard. There was a I lot of excitement in our, in, one, in our group text. Um, one of our guys, Kevin Malice, a part of the production of this show. Uh, we t- I told him straight up. I said, if Boston College wins, that means we talked to Rutgers in the preseason. They went out, beat Michigan State. If Boston College would have pulled out the win, we would have had a way to make money. Could have retired. If you let us speak to your team, you win your next game. You know how many times Alabama, Ohio State, they would have been calling us on the eve of the national championship game? It didn't happen, though. They lost. They fought hard, though. They fought hard. If you wanna, Shout if, out BC. If you want to fight hard, call the McCourty Twins. We'll talk to you about how to be People more active. People want to win. It's field. a production business. No one cares about fighting hard. We're trying to give them a chance to win. Not every team's supposed to win. Rutgers wasn't supposed to win. We gave them a chance. They finished it. You said fighting hard? We gave them a chance. Fighting hard. I'm going to go with that. Transition. Saints play the Bears. When you talk about fights, Javon wins. Throws haymakers at Saints, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And I didn't see the game. The first thing I do, I go on social media. And the next thing you know, you just see two shots. Well, first the chain snatch and then the right pause and the right again. And it's just like all the comments you see is, why do players punch helmets? Help us with this. Have you ever punched a helmet? Um Probably at some point. I mean, it's not like they, they, it was an open hand punch. Like, you don't like say, if you're usually about to fight and you punch, you punch. Like, it, it's stupid. I mean, I watched Jamie Collins punch a helmet, closed fist so hard. And, but like, he has, he doesn't have human hands. So, like, it didn't bother him at all. But what you did find out was Gardner Johnson is a habitual mouthpiece snatcher. If you let your mouthpiece hang from your helmet, he will snatch it. Stefan Diggs found out last year. Blah, blah, blah. Yo, 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 yo. You're not going to catch him. Snatched his mouthpiece. So Wims probably didn't know. So when Wims' mouthpiece got snatched, he took that as disrespect. He took it as when, you know, when people say, you tell something about my mama, that's fighting words. That was a fighting snatch for Wims. And as soon as it was snatched, and it didn't help that he saw Gardner Johnson put his hand all, and I think it was um, Miller's face mask earlier in the game. So Wims was like, it's enough of this guy. Couple punches thrown. Surely Wims will probably get suspended and lose out on a good amount of money. My favorite part of the fight, though, is Janoris Jenkins. Shock at first, and then he realizes what's going on, and he jumps on his head and is trying to take him Let's down. Let's get with it. And that, that's, what, that's what brotherhood is all about. Get in the fight and fight for your guys. Speaking of brotherhood, Tua goes out there, wins his first game, for the Miami Dolphins in his young... No, not first. Tua didn't win first. Uh, he won his first game. Yeah, but that happened after his brother set the example. Friday night, I believe that was. I'm not sure. I think it's Tulia. I, I don't know. that's how you say his name. Um, Tua's little brother who plays for Maryland, who yeah. was with him at Alabama and transferred. So, opening the season... Thriller, too. They get waxed. Maryland gets killed. I'm talking trash to J.C. Jackson... To Byron Court. They come back and Young Tua puts on a show. Five total touchdowns, three in the air or four in the air, I think, one rushing. 
game-winning, game-winning touchdown run. And what does he do? He just sets up. He said, hey, bro, I know you're going out there. Tough game, opening. Go throw a touchdown. Go win it. And they do. I mean, that's a good family to be in right now. I mean, why Special not? family. Why not? And I think the coolest thing about it is I'm sure right after that game, Tua's calling his brother, how excited he is. And then you fast forward Sunday, I'm sure he's got the NFL ticket or whatever he has to watch his brother play starting in the NFL. So just a celebration really for the whole family. Um, Tua even talked about it the first time he got in of his family not being able to be there, but FaceTiming them from the field. So I'm mm-hmm. sure both those brothers were FaceTiming and enjoying those big moments in their careers. And it's just the beginning for both those guys. Yeah, and uh, for the Las uh, Vegas Raiders, uh, their starting offensive tackle wasn't able to be at the game uh, for other reasons. Gets an IV before a game like many of us do. I've literally, this is my 12th year in the league, and I've been getting an IV every single game since the third game of my rookie year where two corners get hurt. I go in the game. I play about three snaps and cramp up like that. And from that three moment, snaps? I mean, I was playing special teams throughout yeah, the whole but you game. Didn't, you didn't properly. You I wasn't think, being a pro. Yeah, I think you I'm exaggerating. I think I'm exaggerating. I also or maybe it was eight plays. Yeah, I don't know. I also didn't play the first few games of the season. I was out there punt, kickoff. So you didn't, so you wasn't a, you weren't being a professional. No, Ready guys, at any moment. You could say it that way, but you could also say the guys in front of me weren't being professional because there's no way both the corners should have gotten hurt in a game. I mean, but anyway, since then, I've always gotten an IV before games. Big Trent Brown, air is able to get into it. And have you ever had that happen to you? Yes, and it, it feels like your chest is about to explode. Cough. Um, I was able to calm down. It probably wasn't, you know, Trent's a big guy. But shout out Trent Brown. I, I believe he is out of the hospital. And, and Feeling be better. On his way. He should be back in Vegas now. Um, the guy's beating everything. He's beat COVID now. He's beating IV. What's the name? He's probably going to call up and also uh, Tyrod the, Taylor and figure out how they're going to scheme against these doctors. What's get this money. But, and I think also, just so people know, like those IVs before games, there's about 10, 12 guys all trying to get an IV at the same time. There may only be two or three doctors. It's kind of chaotic because there's not a lot of time, especially when you're on the road in those small locker rooms. You're all bunched in. So it's not like, hey, this person's incompetent. Sometimes it's just a matter of not having enough hands, and we kind of got to pay attention on those things and make sure that air doesn't get in. So dangerous, though. Let's get into the Dan O'Brien keeping it awesome moment of the week. What you got for us? We got keeping it awesome. Um, I'm choosing us, man. We got to do uh, really a kind of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Everybody knows about Harvard. Uh, Harvard is the school, school of the United States, and we got to talk to a lot of students from Harvard. We got to talk to the Black Men's Forum from Harvard, a bunch of young black men, um, encouraging them about, you know, some of them play football, different sports, doing different things at Harvard. And we just got to talk about who we were, uh, why we do the things that we do. And it was awesome, the questions and how proactive and progressive um, a lot of these young men are. And I wanted to make sure I left them with one important message. Someday down the line, they're going to hear McCordy and the resume is going to come across their desk higher, higher, 
hire anybody last name according. Yeah, for sure. They're doing a special series called More Than an Athlete, and they're bringing on different black athletes uh, that they can get in contact with to come on and just talk about their passions on and off the field. So it was an honor to get a chance to talk to those young men uh, who are going to probably be shaping the world one day. So excited to see uh, what happens for those uh, young men. But let's get into some Twitter questions for you. Uh, first question from Jovan Guerrero. He says, how competitive were you guys when you were playing against each other? Uh, very competitive. So we played against each other, um, organized, um, First time, I think, was in seventh grade. We were on different spring league basketball teams. Um, and then I don't think we played against each other again, organized, until we got into the NFL. Mm -hmm. And we played against each other uh, in 2012, Tennessee versus Patriots. I think that game finished 44, 43-something yeah, to 14. But I don't. Th our most competitive battles came oh, you from, think he wanted to hear about from video games and playing like one-on-one -on -one basketball where we didn't keep score. Uh, we always kind of competitively against other people wanted to be uh, on the same team. Uh, I don't know if I should be saying Nasty Randy is the next person. He said, how much do you think to, uh, the election that just passed will affect the landscape of professional sports for years to come and any plans of coaching at some level in your future? Okay, we got a two-part. We got a two-part. Um, it was very interesting. I actually had a good conversation um, from a friend of ours that you know now works in the league office. Um, and talked about being prepared for whatever comes of the election, um, of just being prepared, of understanding like a lot of people think differently in this situation and things might happen because of the election um, and how to prepare and be ready um, for anything. And I think you've seen that in different parts of the country right now as businesses are, are preparing and boarding up stores and doing different things to try to make sure that they can avoid any backlash that comes um, but I thought a very interesting thing um, before we move on to the next question. Um, I listened to a sermon and it was a reminder of no matter who the next president is and whoever the president is, it doesn't matter. We have to remember that our country and our lives are run on something bigger than us and not think that this next person is going to be our savior to change and fix everything in the world. So um, I thought that's a good perspective to have no matter who you voted for um, and who you who you really like. And time will tell. Uh, but uh, as far as coaching, I think for me or Dev, I think if I get into coaching, it'll be on a lower level, maybe high school, Pop Warner. I don't know if I want to go full gamut uh, college or professional. So uh, we'll see. Probably We're going to have one of the best defenses in the state, though. Sometime in the near future, probably. Uh, Trap House Dad, awesome name, I guess. I don't know. Said, favorite Rutgers moment or stories? Can you give me one quick one? Pandemonium and Piscataway! What he's referring to is in 2000. They know 2006. We beat Louisville, third ranked team in the country. Second we took rank. them down. Whatever they were, we took them. That's down. when you saw the creation of the chop with Graciano is bringing back to Rutgers. But was a huge game in Rutgers history and a great game to be a part of. Fans storm the field and all of that. Uh, did you used to eat at the grease trucks at Rutgers? Uh, not really, but uh, another cool moment. Uh, self brag. Pat myself on the back. My senior year team MVP and defensive MVP and special teams MVP. Well, I missed the senior banquet. Favorite accolades? No, I don't. He didn't. He didn't ask about uh, accolades. I'm year eleven, bro. Like this stuff is about to be. Oh, this is the, the time where you get to brag. You know, like all your friends. You talk about when you're done and you start to make up about how good you were, but you yeah, really or like that all good. your friends that like are now retired or they don't play professional and they post like all their high school highlights or all their old NFL clips. Are you not going to do that? Nah, 
I'm definitely going to do Maybe that. Maybe I will. My son's a hater. I may have to brag. I'm him. definitely going to do that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll probably see soon. All right, everybody. As we wrap up the show here, we want to make sure we get right into more than an athlete. Who out here was doing positive things in the community? Well, last that? week, me and Deb hosted our virtual event. That's usually a casino night, but we couldn't do it. So we hosted a special edition of double coverage that you can probably find on YouTube. Not Go- probably. It's there. Yes. My bad. Wrong word. Go check it out on YouTube and you'll see from our Tackle Sickle Cell campaign, we were o- able to raise over $250,000 that will benefit the Next Step Fund and Boston Medical Center uh, for patients dealing with sickle cell disease. Yeah, we miss you guys. Not as fun virtually, but had to do what we had to do. Um, and we'll continue to be bringing change in the sickle cell world. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, that money goes to research. It goes to helping out families. A, a ton of work is done with that money. So we just want to say thank you to everybody that participated, that gave, that sponsored. Whatever your role was is greatly appreciated by Dev and myself and the families that are impacted. And, and if you missed it, McCordyTwins.com. You can log on. There's always ways to donate. We're always ready to take some money uh, for all these different organizations doing great work. So don't be shy if you want to give. Without a doubt. We'll be going to New Jersey this upcoming week, Monday Night Football versus the New I'm York going Jets. Home. Two teams trying to get a victory. Jets are struggling. Patriots are struggling. We're going home. We don't like them. They don't like us. Should be a fun Monday night game. Appreciate you guys for tuning in to another episode of Double Coverage with the McCourty Twins. Make sure you guys go to YouTube, iTunes, hit that subscribe button. But more importantly, every week, come right back here to Nesson to check us out. Mama, we made it!